You're listening to DraftKings Network. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball is dead. <laughs> Rest in peace. Don't you know, pump it up. The D backs. The D backs are going to the World Series. Game seven. God damn. No one had him doing it. What? You can't hear? You can't hear Dallas? What? Yeah, no, I just even, you know, like you just. What? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, you're I'm bored. You're bored. Time. No, fuck you. No, fuck you. I thought you couldn't hear the song. You're just bored because the D-backs are in the World Series. You're an asshole. <laughs> no, show the D-backs some respect, you piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. No one on this podcast picked the D-backs. We all picked the Phillies. We got to wear it now. No one had them beating the Dodgers. No one had them beating the Brewers. No one gave them a chance against the Phillies. No one thought that the series was coming back to Philly after Philly was up 2-0. No one had them winning a game at the bank after they fucking uh, went to Arizona. It's Listen. I did. I had a lot of those, by Go the ahead. way. Go ahead. Which ones so, did you have, Joe? I had them beating the Brewers. I had them beating the Doyers. And I had them beating winning game You're six. You're a weird brain. Genius. Mm. Um, Dallas, what are your thoughts? Because I feel like you, you, you have a take. no. Look, no, no you, it, you want to disparage the Diamondbacks. No, not at all, it. not at all. If if anything, what I need to do, what needs to happen, is there needs to be, uh, there needs to be credit given where credit is due. And shout out to the fucking law firm of Ginkle, Seawald, and Thompson because those boys been slicing and dicing down there in that arm barn. Eh? I mean, neither Ginkle or Seawald. And Ernie, this entire postseason, Thompson spinning it as well. How about bot? Bot fucking dude. Come on, dude. Nobody, and it's okay to say that, but nobody saw this happening. You're getting what you're getting out of Merrill Kelly and Bot, and it's Zach Gallon. It's Zach Gallon, the one that's not quite getting it done. Let the, the the one that's floundering out of those three, out of the three-headed snake. It's Gallon. So, I mean, look, it's almost like the offense also heard like, hey, you guys want to steal some bases? You guys want to move around? Then isn't that literally what we said on the last podcast? Like if the D-backs win the series, it's because blank. And we all said if they were more aggressive on the base pass and if they started swiping bags, and that's exactly what they did in in game six and game seven. They won both games. Yeah. How many damn steals they have tonight? Oh, uh, I was going to say six. Five Five or six, six? Joe. Five or six. Yeah. And I mean... And as much as as much credit as we do need to give to the Diamondbacks and guys like Carroll for turning it around, Marte. I mean, shout out Marte. Are you kidding me? The longest streak to start a postseason career, sixteen game hit streak. I think it's for just the National League. They're National League. Okay, still pretty fun. Cool, Jared. Don't pretty cool. Let pretty facts cool. get in the way of of cool shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the lack of what we got out of Philadelphia as well. Game six and seven. Schwarbs, Harp, Trey, one for 20. Not ideal. They had no offense. Castellanos, well, Nick Nick and Liam were 0 for 22 after, after Nick hit the first bomb, right? Leave the kids out of it, dude. 
I'm not. I, 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 I love the fuck? little guy. Little guy's fucking fire. But he's, you know, <laughs> you're blaming you're blaming little kid for the one. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm twenty six. He said. He said. You said Nick and Liam. You're gonna blame the kid. I think it's fair. I mean, when the when he hits a home run, they show him. They gave him a lot of credit. You know, hit a home run, show the kid. How about when he strikes out? You don't show the kid. No, Joe. Have a heart, Joseph. Criminy. We know you hate family. No, Let Liam live, bro. Let the guy live. It's entertainment, brother. It's all entertainment. Show the fucking kid. I want to see crying. I want to see him crying wow. because that this not that I want to see it, but it's you know you have to show the highs, you got to show the lows. It's a crushing defeat for the Phils. I'm a Phillies fucking fan. How do you think I feel right now? You know, yeah. That was just what you do with the towel. Is, Where's the towel, Joe? It's soaking wet, bro, from crying. <laughs> I don't know. I was swinging it around. I had my backup towel. I was swinging it so fucking hard. I was rooting for the Phillies, and let's be honest. I think everybody was rooting for the Phillies. Uh, yeah, the baseball world. There was a lot of people. I mean, even my even my wife. My wife, like, as soon as the like the last out was made, and we were watching it, neither one of us really said anything. She just kind of looked at me, and I was just like, uh. and she goes, "It this sucks," and I was like, "Yeah, uh, you know." But I mean, I've got I've got people. I got people. Barry Inright, um, you know, part of the uh, pitching staff or the the coaching staff over there, but part of the pitching brain trust over there. Uh, I'm super, super excited for Barry. Couldn't be happier for that dude. He has been a part of that organization for a long time, not only as a player, but as a coach. So, I mean, there's there's great stories to to dive into. Um, I'm really happy for Paul Seawalt, a guy that, uh, you know, the guy that I have kind of gotten to know in his time in Seattle. So there's going to be storylines that I think people can get excited about, you know, Marte and the hit streak and so while the Diamondbacks might not slap you across the face with star after star after star, when you talk about an 84-win team creeping their way into the World Series, I think you have to start to open up your heart and find a way to fall in love with what we're on the verge of potentially watching, which is a team come out of absolutely nowhere in the postseason and do exactly what needed to be done from the minute the calendar turned to October to right now. And that's play their best brand of baseball as consistently as they possibly could. Well, they did. They pulled out like an upset that no one saw was come. Like no one saw that coming. Going down 2-0. Oh, no. And then stealing. But then even going back to the bank, having to win both games. Mm -hmm. A team that won 84 games. Why does it feel like nobody's on their side? Like, nobody wants to ride with the underdogs right now. I, I think it's because there was so much excitement and so much fun being had and maybe to be had in other places. It's not that nobody was on board with the snakes. It's just that, like, where are you trying to go? You want to go to the Bob or you want to go to the bank? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I think that <laughs> I think that kind of that answers itself. So uh, when you get to the product on the field, though, that's why I say, we got to give credit where credit is due, and you have to be serious about some of the unfolding storylines that can get you excited about a group, uh, again, that was not at any point in time positioned to be in this spot right now. But they're here, and they have showed you over the course of the last month plus why they're here. They have won th the way that you need to win, and that's by getting the, the job done on the mound and getting the offense to click at the right time. That that's enough to win the series, but I don't think it's enough to win America. <laughs> I don't think like I think people like, if your team is knocked out of it, 
People like to watch stars. People want to see Bryce Harper. They want to see Schwarber. They want to see Turner. They want to see Real Muta. They want to see Nola. They want to see Wheeler. And I think that that's why, even though the, there was a huge gap in payroll between these two teams, um, I think more people but, gravitated towards the Phillies than the D-backs. It wasn't because, but, uh, you know, oh, the D-backs won 84 games and they're boring. It's just like, if I mean, if they if they won 84 games and they had stars, then people would be like, oh, you know, like that's fun and exciting. If 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 uh, Chase Field was as rocking as the bank, then maybe people would be like that, too. I don't know. I think it's just more people gravitate towards the star power. Well, and I, I have said this, I've referenced this very thing multiple times, and I always go back to when fan voting occurred for the face of baseball. And it was David Wright at the height of his Mets, you know, captain, captainship, his stewardship. And he was neck and neck <laughs> with Eric Sogard, right? A utility infielder for the A's, the nerd power. So like the idea that the fans now have the opportunity to really dive in over these next couple of days and prepare themselves, you know, for what the Diamondbacks do have going on, because I think people are still going to be in shock day one, like, damn, what the Phillies were not able to do, as opposed to looking at what the Diamondbacks were able to do. Once that starts to happen, I mean, are you not excited about a dude who starts the postseason and gets a hit in every fucking game he plays to start from start to finish? That's pretty sweet. I know J.K. Gotta- is waiting to suck off Cattell Marte. That's been his boy for years. <laughs> I'm ready Jay. to suck off a lot of people. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, no, I mean, I think what's cool about this World Series uh, and the Diamondbacks getting there is the classic case of uh, teams not being good recently and building into something that matters relatively quickly. Um, not every rebuild needs to be a 10-year rebuild. Um, these two teams were were bad as recently as two seasons ago and were mediocre as recently as last season. Um, didn't the, didn't the, what's called lose a hundred games, like 101 games. That's what I'm saying. Games? Two years ago, they were both really bad. Yeah. 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 Um, and so the I think there's games. something beautiful about that as it relates to the game of baseball and being able to turn it around and be in the world series, you know, two seasons after that. Um, so that I'm excited about that. There are individual players I'm excited about. I'm excited about Corbin Carroll, uh, who had obviously had a magnificent game tonight. First ever two RBI, two stolen base game in a game seven in postseason history. Any round. I was kind of surprised. To, is, yeah. Isn't yeah. it just the second game for the uh for a rookie to get three knocks in a game seven yep. as well? Yep. Um that's pretty sexy. That's yeah. sexual. So I think he's I mean, his his brand of baseball plays at the highest level, but I think it's okay to admit that the vast majority of people were emotionally pulling for the Phillies in this series. Uh, it, it felt like the narrative was behind them, that this team was cresting after coming up a little bit short last season. Uh, and that's the power of the narrative. Like, well, think, think about how dominant the Phillies were at home throughout their two-season postseason run, right? 22 and 23. I believe prior to game six, they had out-homered their opponents 35 to 9 in po- home postseason games across the t- 35 to 9 and they'd been out homered on the road so it's not like they were also doing this on the road and then all of a sudden they get game 6 and game 7 at home and it's just it's base I know I know they hit one Gone. home run tonight but like 
It was basically nothing. Um, and that supposed home field advantage disintegrated into into nothingness. Um, well, the and that's, and to that's do the beauty of baseball, could. too. I, yeah, it's it, it works the, right the up until thing, it doesn't. Jay, right. Think, think, think about think about the Diamondbacks. And we I, I mean, again, just some of the narrative around them or maybe lack of. And then what you have in Philly, right? You have the lovable Kyle Schwarber. Everybody's on board with Schwarbombs. Everybody wants to see it. Everybody loves the fact that he's hitting under 200, but has 100 RBI. Like, like he's, he's something people get excited about. Trey Turner and the fans and the ovation and what that did to turn his season around, right? That's a storyline that people can get excited about. Again, Castellanos and, and just the, the continued power output, the power run that he was on. Um, Bryce Harper coming back and play. there was just there's a lot of things involving really high profile players that also got you excited. Well, like, damn, they are battling here. They and, are battling. And you also breeze past it. But I think Bryce Harper was carrying a lot of the water for this excitement level nationally and like among baseball fans, because I think it, it just felt like it was it was about to be his moment his postseason like that's it emotionally it felt like that's where we're headed and his performance was obviously backing that up and the performance of kind of his you know cast of character teammates was also backing that up um and and that's just not how it played out uh and that's okay um you know there's there's a lot of what ifs i think on the philly side at this point but um you know i i I think there are things to get excited about about this World Series. Uh, I think that, you know, I brought up Marte, but we're talking about a guy who's got a 371 career batting average in the postseason now, uh, which is pretty special. Um, and yeah, certainly if, <laughs> if you remove the, whatever like na- name value we're attaching and just look at what does this person do when he's on the field and how is he performing when he's on the field in the postseason? Cattell Marte is as exciting as any Phillies player, probably short of Bryce Harper himself, right? So it's well, and Carroll too. Like you talked oh, no about, no question. Brand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, his I, brand that was kind of, of you know his game for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, that's that's what a lot of folks are, I think, going to be introduced to right now, and they were all already kind of had that baked in with some of these other teams that we felt like probably should have been here over the Diamondbacks up until October came. Yeah, I think the Phillies, they just, they flew too close to the sun, man. We rode them in for the ship. Sure did. It was it was the best vibes ever. Mm-hmm. And to see it, it just feels like- You know what? It, doesn't, it just doesn't feel real, bro. Well, I think this is, I think you'd be safe to say the song gets put to bed. I saw that. I saw, I think Jake, you tweeted that. Um, I'm I'm gonna say it, bro. If the Phillies go to the playoffs next year, they're gonna play the fucking song. <laughs> it's too it's too big of a song. Oh no, it's too big of a you song. Can't the run thing it is back. getting Jake. You can't run it back, Jake. Do you run that back? You gotta retire it now. Yeah, it's gotta go. They tried to retire it. This no, you, you can't go. retire it. You can't do it after a step back. No, you can't play it. It again. can't happen. No, songs a lot. Songs. It's alive. one thing to use it to on a World Series run. Where you come up short, but if you if you use it again the next year and only get to the LCS, no chance. No, no, 
All right. Well, I'm just, I'm not saying if it's right or wrong. I'm just I'm telling you, if the Phillies are in the same spot next year, they're going to be playing this bullshit every right, single I'll game. Bullshit. I'll bet you that's not the case. No way. Not bullshit. Not bullshit. And it fits. It's also, if you lose, this is also it's like emotional. a good, sure. It's, you know what I'm saying? It kind of fits the vibe. <laughs> like we've lost, you know, don't be, hey, be happy. It happened. Don't be sad. It ended. Yeah, be no, happy. Yeah. It happened. Cause they are, they're over in the corner right now. Watching the D-backs just <laughs> slither and slide on up to her and turn her down. It really is. It, it is really crazy, man. The Phillies, these last two runs, it's almost like there's been so many moments, so many fucking crazy shit, viral songs, dances, call outs, all that. And at the end of the day, they got nothing. All they did is get past the division series this year. It feels like they were the world champions two days ago. And now season's over and it's like you won the division. So you got to the second round throughout. His, I mean, historically, it's, it's the third round now, but you know, you won the divisional series. Congrats. It's a tough pill to swallow for the Phillies. Very tough. Jay, hey, let me ask you this question because I think in the yeah. starting nine days, we had we we beat that narrative into the ground about uh, the best team to never win a World Series. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's still people who tweet at me about just that. <laughs> What was it? The 2010 Phillies? 20, 2011 Phillies. 2011 Phillies. Yeah. Um, if, if now Which that, I'm not even uh, sure we said exactly, but we certainly talked about them as one of those possible teams. But yeah, yeah anyway, yeah. anyway, yeah. Uh, where does where does this 2023 Phillies team rank in the pantheon of best teams to not win a World Series? Uh, do they fit in that? Oh, just I don't because of the regular season that they had. I don't. I don't think. I don't think this team belongs in that conversation. Um, mm. I don't think this team is, frankly, anywhere near the class of team uh, as no. 2011 uh, or even some of the other that teams was a that exist. Sick roster. Yeah. E- even some of the other non winning teams, like the 09 the team that lost the World Series to the Yanks, um, I think that team was probably better. I, I, I think. I think this team, to Joey's point about like what did they accomplish, like I, I think making the World Series is an accomplishment. I think making an LCS is an accomplishment. But I do think there's something to the idea that this team is going to be, this run, this two-year run is going to be like more fondly remembered. Yeah, it's it's going to be more remembered than I think like an 87 and 90 win team that didn't win probably deserves to be in a way. You know what I mean? Like the Rangers, the Rangers 2010, 2011 team, like that team was one strike away two different times from winning the World Series. Like they were on the verge in a way that the Phillies simply never were um, even last season. I don't know. I, I think. It's tough because I do think it's a likable team. I think it would, to Joey's point, there are a lot of flashbulb memories from these two runs uh, that seemed like they were the memories that you make on the way to a World Series win. Uh, and sometimes sports doesn't work out that way. And I think they're built in in some ways to compete again next season. But uh, yeah. I, to answer your original question, they're just not in that conversation in terms of Major League Baseball teams. Maybe the Philly, maybe best Phillies teams to not win recently, but even then we're talking about only, you know, what, the sixth best team, fifth best team over the last couple of years, couple of decades? Yeah, they're, 
They're the best Phillies team in 2023 to not to, to not win. Wow. You yeah. could safely say that. Wow. That's disrespect, I feel like. No. <laughs> Just a fact. Um, Just a fact. Would anyone use the word choke here after going up 2-0? <sighs> I mean, hey. nah, it's just baseball, man. It, the whole postseason has just been baseball. Yeah. Like, I think 3 0 the unexpected results that we've seen this postseason, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure that there are people that are angry on Twitter right now talking about the, the randomness of the postseason and they want to change the format and this and that and reseed after the first round. But well, I, I like the randomness of it. Well, just, just think about what the Astros experienced in 2019 and what they just went through again. They lost every game on, or they lost every game at home. And they just went through that same thing. Mm. Right? No home team in the World Series won a fucking game at home. There's been two postseason series of best of seven where the road team won every game. Won every game. And the Astros were on the losing end of both of those. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, that's baseball. That's the way baseball go. Just, just incredible. I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, dude, you, you just never know. You never know where you're going to get the performance. You never know when you're not going to get the performance. And I think the the Ginkle, the Seawald, the the Fat, and the Kelly, and then the one for twenty over Game Six and Seven. Like those are the two games yeah. you gotta win. Two games you got to win. That's great. And who do you get on the mound in those two games? And what do you get on the mound in those two games from the D-backs? You get a stifling effort. They put the silencer on the on a third of the lineup. Just gone. Yeah, I, I, it's cra- it sucks to kind of simplify it like this way, but it's like the Phillies were winning in a very... In the same way, every time they were just smashing fucking home runs mm-hmm. every single inning, just smashing home runs. And then we've seen the the games they lost in this series, they couldn't hit home runs. Good pitching, I good pitching. Couldn't hit the big homers. Well, I'd- and the snakes and the snakes, they didn't hit home runs either. At least this game, um, I don't even remember last game. I, I I don't know, but they just started stealing. Perfect time, small ball the fuck out of the Titans. We said that that's what they had to do. And it worked perfectly. Worked we had sacrifice bunts. Well, they, they took steals. the crowd out of it. I mean, just going up one nothing in the first inning, you could feel the nervousness in the crowd. They're like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" Like they felt, they probably felt invincible. Like, all right, yeah, you're coming back to the bank for Game Six, night, night, and they never even had a shot in Game Six, and then they fall behind one nothing early in Game Seven, and I think that the hushness fell over the crowd, and you could feel that. You could feel it through the TV. I- that's an underrated. That's an underrated uh, thing to do with crowd atmosphere. Very underrated. It's like when your team's hitting two run home runs every other inning, it's a lot easier to be pumped up. You know that has a lot to do with the crowd noise, like and why it's so pumped up all the time. It's obviously it's the loudest crowd environment there is. But if you're not hitting bombs every two innings, what do you think's going to happen? Well, you never hear about great crowd noises doing during a prolonged losing streak, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no. One guy I do want to think we should call out specifically to, uh, he's been mentioned, but just at length is is Brandon Fought because like we talked about him all the way back at the time of Madison Bumgarner's release 
on this podcast as a potential answer from the farm for this team. And uh, he was absolutely terrible upon arrival. And we stopped talking about him. And and that was fine because he was pitching badly and then got demoted. But this is a guy, you know, maybe not the playoff breakout star that we anticipated. And he's not really giving the bulk that would lead you to be an actual breakout star. But he's really performing quite well uh, over an extended period of time. Specifically, he's got a 270, uh, 2.70 ERA in the postseason and a 2.81 ERA over his last seven starts going back to mid-September. Uh, of the regular season. So um, we knew they had solid work at a gallon and, and, uh, and Merrill Kelly during the regular season. And it was who would provide that third starting spot. And he has more than stepped up uh, in that regard after I, when we, when well, we he did and the- Kelly have carried it, he and Kelly have carried it. I mean, I, I remember, I remember personally saying on the, I think first podcast we did for the postseason. Like that, the reason I liked the Brewers in that matchup was because they had the Corbin Burns, Brandon fought game one. Um, yeah. And yeah. yeah, remember that? Everyone was like, oh, God, they're fighting, fought, they're fucked. They'll go two innings. Yeah. And it turns out to be one of the most yeah. important pitchers in the postseason. Um, so shout out to him. Prospect developing on the biggest stage at the biggest moment. That's it, baby. Snakes alive. That's it. Snakes alive. Things are heating up in the ballpark, and the chase to crown a champion is on. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Plus, all customers can take a crack at a sweet payday with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. String together multiple bets from a single game for your shot at a major payout. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code JARED. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Jared. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Opt-in and 10-plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Uh, that means we have to pay attention to what... Uh What's going on in the other league? The team day will be playing the Texas Rangers. So is this the Max Scherzer revenge? World Series? Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do- that is an old friend. <laughs> that guy's played for every team. 
I'm I'm fighting like hell. <laughs> I'm fighting like hell over here. I uh, if you can only see me right now, I am I am kneeling on my hey. chair with my hey. elbows on the table, trying Cowboy to find a position up. to get comfortable. Cowboy up, get the fetal. I'm Cowboy here. up. I'm here. I'm doing my fucking best for them Texas Rangers, boy. Get Jared some tortle. <laughs> I'm doing my best because them Texas Rangers don't believe in us. No one believed in us on this podcast, Dallas. I know that you picked them, but you also picked the Astros too. So that doesn't count. Texas Rangers rolling into a game seven in Houston with Javier on the mound. Mr. I don't give up hits in the postseason. Mr. I'm going to boo Adolis Garcia every time he gets up to bat. You know what he said? Suck my cowboy fucking dick. That's what he said. Fucking grand slam here. Double there. Another home run. Five home runs in four games. You can't. That was not the guy. That was not the. What's the old saying? You don't want to tug on the the bull's dick or something like that. (laughs) Yep. You don't want to tug on that bull's dick. Because we're getting higher than ever, Dallas. Can't get any higher than the World Series because that's where the American League champion Texas Rangers are going with Bruce Bochy at the helm. He's going back to the World Series for the first time since the San Francisco Giants went in 2010, 12, and 14. Winning championship rings in those seasons. And here we are. Here we are, just where I thought that we would be, but everyone else, not so much. Hey, the Rangers offense came alive, man. Rangers offense came alive. Adolis Garcia drops Dick three different times in game seven. Yeah, that helps. That should have been that. That's that when he hit the single and pimped it. Anyone that live bet (laughs) Adolis Garcia to hit a home run after that was stealing. What did you want him to do? First of all, there's a runner on. Right? There's a runner on base. What was he going to do? Where was he going? He couldn't have second base. He couldn't have dude. gotten to second base. There's somebody on second base. No, that guy went to third, man. Yeah, but he was he was he had to make the decision to get to third. He should have ran. No. He didn't need to run. Turns out he made the right decision. I think our, why risk injury? They ended up winning by fucking 13 injury. runs. I mean, the guy, yeah. He shouldn't have to. He hasn't had to run all postseason. He just hits bomb after bomb after bomb. Yeah, that was that was just an incredible, incredible display. He answered the bell, man. He answered the bell. You know, I mean, we talked not- about Maldonado potentially trying to fire up the boys, if you will. Um, what did he say? Oh, looks oh, looks like they picked up, the wrong. He woke dude. up the Houston Astros. Go go back to sleep. You fucking orange-haired fuck! <laughs> you, wow. <laughs> I mean, he is. Is he not? He's got a orange he hair. Orange, he does have orange hair. Yeah. I mean, don't pick on a Dolly Garcia. And, and you want to talk about old takes exposed for all of us not picking the the D backs? Uh, the amount of tweets that I got for Game Six when I said I kind of feel like a Dolly Garcia is not the the guy that you want to be booing. Uh, and then he hits the grand slam. Oh, and then all Astros fans for shame. I mean, listen, I know Astros fans are not the most popular fans in the world, but 
after game six, I was very disappointed in Astros fans because first of all, watching them leave. Well, no, no, no. When when uh, when I said you shouldn't boo Adolis Garcia, they jumped in immediately being like, oh, oh, for four with four strikeouts. Then he hits the grand slam. And then after the grand slam, they were trying to justify it by saying, oh, the game was over anyway. It was a safe situation. I, I cannot yeah, was, think of a less uh, sympathetic group of people than complaining Astros fans online. <laughs> I mean, just good, good fucking, they've been through good a lot, fucking riddance. Like they've been through a lot. Nobody, just nobody cares about any of the complaints. <laughs> it is. It feels like it feels like it's like they're the Patriots. It's like when the Patriots lose in the playoffs, and they're like, "Fuck!" It's like guys. Shut like the, the fuck up. The Abreu you know? suspension thing. I saw somebody tweet that like there were people within the Astros organization broadly who thought that MLB had it out for them because Chris Young, who's like the president of the Rangers, used to be in the MLB central office. Um, and was he was they were now showing favoritism towards the Rangers, re the Abreu suspension. And it's like, yo, you guys are whiny losers like that that's the organization that's not fans that's the organization letting that get out that that's their mindset on that just like get get lost <laughs> get lost i mean it's and from the rangers end it can it has to feel so good to score what was it 20 runs over the final two games and just bludgeon oh, your just division of pound them just yes. just bludgeon the team that you eventually lost the division to on the last day and like with the same record with the same record that you're just inherently in your in-state rivals with um and just like absolutely bludgeon them out of the playoffs got to feel good also, I mean, to it, leave nothing I, to question no that has to feel good but on the opposite end of the spectrum here Dallas I know that you you will probably have some words here uh it sounds like that was Dusty Baker's final game managing yeah it sucks Yes. Yeah. Because I keep and seeing it's like the way that it's worded in headlines is that it's his final game managing the Astros, but I have to figure that it's his final game managing, period. Yeah, I don't know that Dusty gives it another go somewhere else, and I don't know that Dusty plays a, plays a card like Boach did and takes a couple years, few years off, and then just finds another great spot. I mean... Well, that's just what he, he did, right? Like, that's... Well, right. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but Astros, he said he said when he got hired, he said when he got hired, this, this is, is it. The last this is the last yeah. stop. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and so no, and that, and and that's why the minute that I saw that, I and just talking to Dusty during the season, you know, I mean, he hinted around at things like that. Um, it's just never a conversation that you're going to have for Dusty Baker. I was never going to tweet anything. I was never going to say anything like you know Dusty's talking about. You know, he's he's got his dogs. I talked about him, his hunting dogs and, you know, he's pumped. He's got them trained up and he's ready to go shoot birds and, and live his life, man. But the dude has brought so much to the game of baseball. The high five. To the world. The fucking high five. I mean, let's start yeah, there. Fuck baseball. I mean, That's the dude was crazy. rocking wristbands of himself. Like from from the, as long as I can remember, like just the the life in the game, though. And and what he has meant to multiple different organizations, you know, I think that's a that's a big deal. Like he's going to be as beloved in Houston, you know, maybe as he will be in some of the other stops, like his his stay in San Francisco. I mean, where where I fell in love with him. 
So is he already in the uh, Hall of Fame? Uh, no, should be. I mean, will be. He's you know he 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 started in MLB before anyone even went to the moon. <laughs> Let that sink in. This guy's been around since nineteen sixty fucking eight. Yep. Part of the no, not part of the. That was uh, that was when they lowered the mound, right? Because <laughs> yeah, old Gibby, yeah. Gibby was fucking was hurting Bob feelings. Yeah, one one two. Then you won the Cy Young Award that year, sixty eight. Uh, yes, with that. Look at that little, little baseball knowledge on your bitch asses. Oh my god. <laughs> well, what 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 do we like? What do we not like? Um. I don't like that the Phillies aren't moving on. I will say that that bothers me a lot. Uh, I be, it's not even like, I, I get that when people are like, oh, you know, like what the D-backs are the underdogs and it's a good story. You know, it's a good story. Bryce Harper winning a fucking World Series ring to cement his legacy. That's a good story. Like that's that I care way more about that than I care about the fucking Arizona Diamondbacks going back to the World Series. Yeah. And, and, and I like just from from an underdog perspective, like individually. And just how I, I, I do, I pull for the underdog, but there are moments like that. And I think I was probably biased going into this for that very reason alone, because um, just getting to know Bryce and, and pulling for him and wanting that to be a thing, because I have watched what has unfolded and we've, we're not going to get into this, but just the whole, the whole trout thing. And like, dude, for him to get that ring and like, for me, his character arc, like his whole oh, story. Yeah. Like I, Joe's got a Joe's got a video from when was that video from last year, Joe? Yeah. Uh, so it do, it didn't include like the NLCS and all that, or it did? No, it did not. No, no, um, no. But yeah, like if you just go back and from day one, take in Bryce Harper's journey to where he is today, it's gonna feel incomplete without a championship. Like it's not like a Hall of Fame plaque in Cooperstown is not the uh, if it were a movie, it's not the plaque in town that they close credits with. It's winning a World Series title. It's like, him that's hitting the fucking walk off is yeah. what it ends with. That's and well, that's yeah, where like and it's just because he's two that dude. Two game. Even under the bright lights of the playoffs, Blue Moon Belgian White Belgian style wheat ale is the beer that's made brighter. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark for baseball fans, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. From its bold, refreshing flavor to its beautiful, bright color, Blue Moon is as iconic as America's pastime. I was definitely drinking some Blue Moons this week, watching double game sevens. Honestly, I don't know how you watch a game seven in baseball without having a Blue Moon by your side. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale is a one of a kind beer that's made bright. It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball, so it's the perfect match for the playoffs. The crack of a beer, the pour, the first sip of that bold flavor. Blue Moon always feels like a special occasion. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon but you can enjoy it all through the playoffs. Brighten up the baseball playoffs with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for fresh baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com rocket to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com rocket. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. I think the the thing with the D-backs, too, I'm trying to put my finger on it as to why we're like, you know, Dallas said he's typically an underdog guy, um, and I think we can all relate to that. 
I think it might be because the only series in which the underdog thing really played for the D-backs was against the Dodgers. And I think people kind of got behind that when it was against the Dodgers. And and I remember, I mean, I was with some of you guys at the time and we were like, holy shit, the D-backs are just absolutely pouring it on and embarrassing the Dodgers in this game. Like the Phillies weren't a juggernaut, right? Like they weren't this beast that that had to be slayed by the underdog D-backs, right? The Phillies really were closer to the underdog type than they were the juggernaut because they had just slayed the big bad Braves, right? Braves. Um, and they had the underdog mentality that was still present from last season's team. Um, so I think like that's part of the thing that's going, and they're not going to be able to play it. The D-backs, I don't think very effectively against the Rangers either. Um, because I think the Rangers have, even though they spent lots of money to field this team. Yeah, I think uh, that's going to be the difference maker, Jay, because I've already kind of seen people saying, oh, are you, are you serious? Okay, you won the division the last day of the season, but you spent half a billion dollars between two guys to get there. You're starting to get help from other worlds, but you spend this kind of money. Isn't this what you expect? And and I'm going to say, yes, yes, this is what you expect. And there's nothing wrong with watching a team spend the money that they no, spent and bu- get to where they've gone. Buying pennants is cool as shit. I wish <laughs> I wish my team bought pennants all the time. Um I don't Yeah, I just don't think like the the Texas Rangers are in the national consciousness as this like this Goliath that the D-backs. I just don't I think that's part of why this is unsatisfying is because they're not really slaying big bad teams they're slaying teams that have like a little bit of their own kind of underdog mentality to them or an underdog narrative about them like the rangers have been fighting <laughs> quote unquote all season and they've been one of the most like roller coaster teams throughout not only the 2023 regular season uh where we thought they were awesome and then doa and then awesome again uh but also the postseason with seven straight to start off and then three straight losses where it looked like the Astros were going to wipe them out. Um, but don't you think the Phillies are like past that underdog feel? I don't. Like just because they went to the World Series last year. I, I No, I they, don't. They, and they, like just like the Rangers, spent a shit ton of money, have a shit ton of stars. Well, that's, that's my thing. only five days ago, they were like the World Series favorite. I don't, think, I don't, I don't know. Man. It's tough to look at a team that has Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, JT Real Muto as an underdog. It's I, really I don't, tough for me to look at. I, to look at I, I don't know what is, we're doing throwing Zach JT Wheeler Real Muto nope. out in there. Like, dude, what are we doing? Because well, he's what a are bad we doing? baseball player? What no, the fuck? because <laughs> JT Real Muto doesn't strike fear into any player ever or any opponent ever what what are you talking about <laughs> right now <laughs> what doesn't he have the biggest contract for a catcher in guys all are we are we are we really going to say that jt Realmuto is the type of guy that we're going to name as we're talking about no, a no, juggernaut no, uh, goliath you, you, team you uh, you, you have you dismissed he's their fifth the best player. He's like there's yeah, you've dismissed him like he's a fucking No, he's one of the best catcher. He's one of the best catchers in baseball, but like I don't understand how he relates into the conversation about whether that team is a Goliath or well, not narrative wise. Underdog teams are not going to have 100 million dollar catchers. Yeah, and I if you put JT Realmuto on the Diamondbacks, what name another would he be team there? that's got a hundred million dollar fucking player? That's that, that he, I don't he's understand. A, he's a, he's I don't understand how a team that hasn't won the World Series 
that has all of these grinder types, the Bryce Harper attitude that we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast, how that team doesn't have underdog tendencies about them, given what they went through last year and what they've gone through this year in upending the 1000 win Braves to get to the NLCS. Mm-hmm. We, we've been talking, they were underdogs against we've been the talking Braves, about them this way but- the entire time, right up until... 30 seconds ago when I said they were underdogs. That's when they stopped my, being my whole, underdogs whole beef, on this podcast. My whole beef, because my of whole JT beef was how you just dis- yes, how you dismissed mm-hmm. it. Like, like Jay who? Yes, JP because he's irrelevant R- to this R- part R- of R- the R- conversation. R- I didn't say he was bad. He's obviously <laughs> oh, well. maybe the best catcher over the last five or six years in baseball. That doesn't have anything to do with whether they're an underdog or not. Was that it has put him nothing R- to do R- with it. What's his name? Oh, is that (laughs) Philly versus the world, man? I get it. You know, that's the Philly versus the world. Us versus everybody else. Little underdog, the boy who could, the fighting Phils. Yeah, I'm not buying it. Going in the playoffs, the Phillies probably had what the third best chances to win the World Series. No. Yes, it was the Braves, number one. Dodgers. I guess. I guess Astros. The Dodgers. Maybe the and then the Astros. Then the Phillies. And then the Astros barely fucking, they almost missed the playoffs. I, the yeah. idea that we're trying to deny. Remember Tex came on? The, Tex. the idea that we're trying to deny that this group of Phillies ha- has an underdog like narrative about them over the last two years is fucking stupid. They definitely did but, last year. They definitely last did last It's the same year. fucking team with the same song. We've been but, talking about this the whole time. <laughs> it's the I same roster. To, I didn't get to speak. It's a false I didn't get narrative. to speak when someone said, uh, like, does them getting to the World Series last year change the narrative about them being underdogs this year? I think it does. It didn't change it Def- about the Kansas City Royals after they'd lost in the World Series oh, the and tried to make it Royals. back. They're the fucking Royals. I don't. The, the Phillies. Well, to be, to hey, be fair, go, go to ahead be fair, and check. They were showing the world, Jay. Hey, what needed to happen? They were at the. They were at the forefront of the evolution of how the bullpens were being managed into the postseason. And really into that season, 14 and 15. So while you might think underdog, but they had three players down there in that bullpen that carried a lot of water. And I get it. Maybe not a lot of household names when you start to talking about bullpen guys, but we look at bullpen guys a little differently now. And I think that's because it started then. No, friend. Mm -hmm. And also look at this. The the Phillies made the World Series last year and then added Trey Turner with a $300 million contract. And they had Zach Wheeler. They had Aaron Nola. There, I mean, those two pitchers, is there any better We're literally the talking about the losingest franchise in Major League Baseball history. No team has more losses than the Phillies franchise. Because they've been around since 18 fucking 12, <laughs> brother. Brother. Yeah, they lost a lot of games. They play a lot of fucking games. You guys are bending over backwards to not say that they're underdogs. <laughs> yes. I, I, I just think <laughs> Jay, you're trolling, Muto dude. is a you're good crazy. baseball player. Crazy. That's all this is about. Crazy. For me, that's all what? this is about. I yeah, we that, we all know Real Muto is a good baseball player. He has absolutely nothing <laughs> to do with whether they're underdogs or not. <laughs> What's his pop time? He's uh, fucking oh, one yeah. seven he, nine. He can yeah. throw it so fast to second base, and that's why they're one not they're bitch. not underdogs. Because yeah. he's got he's, his second base pop time is so good. <laughs> God, if I said that to you guys, you would make fun of me endlessly. Also, <laughs> that's also their their journey last year gave them so many bandwagon fans outside of Philly 
So they're not underdogs when you've got the the whole world rooting for you. And that, listen, they're that, underdogs. La- they they were underdogs last year because they were the last team to make the playoffs. But let's be honest, the reason why they were the last team to make the playoffs is because they fucking underachieved like shit all regular season. They weren't supposed to be that bad last year during the regular season with Bryce Harper. What are we talking about? Schwarber, Castellanos, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola. They got a fucking lineup that is as good as anybody's. It's not like they're the uh, little boy could, dude. And then they had Trey Turner. I like like how we're we're now pretending (laughs) that Nick Castellanos is a star to say that they're not underdogs. Nick Castellanos was fucking terrible last year. Was Nick Castellanos an (laughs) all-star? I think Nicolai, I don't know. Michael I Lorenzen was. was an all-star too. Maybe hey, they should have started his saying. ass. Maybe they should have started wow. his ass. Wait. Oh wow. yeah. I guess when you have a guy who was an all-star and threw a no-hitter, you can't possibly be an underdog. Too much of a juggernaut. Fucking the joke. hate runs deep. <laughs> oh, oh man. God. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Jay, are you going to post hey. a video of you burning Riamuto's jersey later? Yeah, yeah. Who pissed on your dictionary? I can't. I can't believe you guys won't just admit they're underdogs or were. Right up it. Right up it. I, I hope we could get a supercut of this podcast of us talking about their fucking underdog mentality over the last fucking four months. They definitely have an underdog mentality. I would say it's a little bit like overplayed. Like they act like like it's us against right. the world. That's like what Philly that, does every that's, fucking that time. That's sports. us that's against every the world. sports team. Nobody believes and in you, us. And you throw out the well, right, but you throw out the well, like the 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 Bryce Harper grinder. Well, yeah, yes. that's why he's, that's why he is who he is. Is because he has that mentality. But he's not a fucking career two twenty hitter just trying to hang on and get an AB. Yeah, legitimately, <laughs> nobody believes in the D backs. Like, nope. It was Tori Lovello and like the well, D-backs parents. That well, I'm not it. saying that the D-backs aren't underdogs. I'm just saying that if you're an underdog going up against a bunch of other teams that won like 90 games because this is the new playoff hell that we live in, then you're going to have a hard time maybe getting your underdog thing to latch on nationally because the Rangers That's probably fair. feel like they're underdogs too because they were trashed two years ago and bad last year. You know what? I I think I got the I got the comparison. I got the comparison, and I don't I don't know if you guys are going to catch on to this or not, but it it it, it definitely works. Um, the Savannah Bananas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the team that they play is the Party Animals. Yep, and they've got the cutoff sleeves, and like they're supposed to be like these like you know meathead douchebags. Everyone goes to the Savannah Banana games thinking that they're going to root for the bananas. And then they end up leaving being like, you know what? I kind of like the party animals. It's not that the Phillies are underdogs. They, it's just that they're the team that you didn't expect to like and think that they were cool, but you do. Like They're, they're the party animals in this situation. Yeah, the, the, I, I, that's why I said what I said about all of the narratives surrounding the individuals. They have characters that you can like and fall in love with. Like you want to be a part of the people that were like, yo, the ovation for Trey, how sweet was that? He just kept fucking, he just kept parking baseballs. That was awesome to see. Like Bryce Harper coming back early from the TJ, just continuing to lay it all out there. Love that dude. He's our captain. JT Realmuto, one of the game's best catchers, if not the game's best catcher, brings along that underdog mentality. Yeah. And you know what? Mm-hmm. You know what? Kyle Schwarber, cult hero. Mm-hmm. Cult 
hero. Everywhere he goes. And you got Cy Young's. You got you got you got Cy Young conversationalists down there. Mm-hmm. And, and so starts with Ranger Suarez, too. <laughs> so the Phillies, the Phillies were easier to get on board with. The Phillies have been easier to fall in love with. The Diamondbacks haven't presented a ton of those opportunities. That's all. That's the difference. I think. But I think we've I think we've beat that horse about as much as you. It's now glue. Yeah. How about we get some Jake's takes? Jake, what do you think about the series? Yeah, I mean, I had a tweet ready to go basically that said, if you buy a ticket to a Phillies playoff game, you're basically signing up for a gigantic party for three plus hours. And that's literally what every single game was like leading up to game six and seven. So I was honestly shocked. But yeah, tough, tough for the Phillies. I know what it's like to be in a playoff run like that and just to get shocked at the end. So brutal. Especially because it happened twice. Like I say what you want about last year. Um once the once the Phillies got to the World Series, I thought that they could stand up to the Astros, which they did. You know, they lost in six. That's respectable. But um Rachel, who works at DraftKings, she was like, All right, what do I need to know about the D backs? And I was like, All you need to know is this is gonna be the easiest playoff series the Phillies have ever played. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad. I feel so bad for letting her down. Um, you know, those Phillies fans, like I feel like, you know, going back to the 2021 Red Sox that Jake was talking about, it was a special run and it just feels awkward that it ended when it did because when Schwarber hit the grand slam at Fenway in game three, you're thinking like, wow, like I, I, I'll take my chances against the Braves in the World Series. We'll see what happens. I, I mean, you know, it's not guaranteed and we're probably not going to be the favorite. But getting past Houston, like that pretty much puts a nice little stamp on a on a nice little magical season that we pulled out of our ass. But this 2023 Phillies season, I think despite what the standings were in the, in the division, they were never going to win the division. And that's fine. Like, I don't even think that that was the expectation uh, playing in the same division as uh, the Braves and obviously the the Mets were supposed to be good. They were not. Um, but after their season ended in the world series. I think the expectation was to find a way to get back. And then you're, you're literally licking your chops because you're like, wow, we drew the fucking D backs in the NLCS. We basically have a pennant by like, we're just, we're in there beating the Braves, whoever. And that's why I said, I said, whoever won the, the division series between the Braves and the Phillies was going to win the world series. And, uh, lo and behold, another shocker. And we've got the fucking 84 when D-backs are in the World Series, baby. It, it's a crazy shot. Because not only they they curb stomp the Braves, and then they curb stomp the D-backs for two games. And then it's just like... Those were demoralized. Like, they did not look like they belonged. I, I, I was holding back tweets saying, like, I genuinely feel bad for the D-backs. Like, they, they've got a nice thing going on. Like they should be happy about the season that they had. They should be happy that they beat the Dodgers and the Brewers. Like those are two really good teams, but it's going to be so demoralizing to have to go up against the Phillies with home field advantage going the Phillies way. And after two games, it certainly looked like that. Like this, they're just they're not on the same playing field. And uh, that's why baseball is great. That's why baseball is great. You can uh, you can be a little team like the the feisty little D backs. That what was like the signature moment of that series? Like what was the I'd say the Alec, Alec Thomas home run. The 
the three was it three run yeah. shot? Yeah, and it was that game four. Like that was a must win game, obviously. Gotta have it. Um, and to come up clutch, pinch hit home run for Alec Thomas when you really didn't think the D backs had a chance. Even watching that game, uh, that was that was probably the turning point. De- uh, definitely the turning yeah, dude, point. Like, and still after that, you still thought the Phillies were gonna win, but you're like, oh, that's a nice I remember hey. I remember like uh what was it? Game it must have been game three. Yeah, it was something like if if the if the Phillies swept, then we were recording on Friday. But if oh, the yeah. D-backs won, then we were recording on Saturday. And I was like, oh, perfect. Like, we're going to have Saturday off. Like, there's no way the D-backs won a game. And uh, then we ended up recording on Saturday because they won fucking two straight. But I, I want to give them their credit. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to come across as, like, the Phillies didn't choke. The D-backs played their game. Bringing it back yeah. to the point earlier. Like, we asked the question, what do the D-backs have to do to win games six and seven in Philly? And we talked about the base running. We talked about putting pressure um, on on the Phillies. Rio Muto behind the plate, and and Corbin Carroll stealing his first fucking base of the series tonight, right? Yes. No. Last uh, uh, was it? I thought he stole last night. No, he didn't have. Did he have any steals? Yeah, he, he had stole, two stolen bases stole, tonight. He had two tonight. He had two yeah. tonight. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought he stole, stole his first night, base of the series tonight. Yes, sorry. Came into game seven with only three hits in the entire series and was three for three, three by like hits. the fourth inning. Yeah. Yeah. The D backs just, they kind of outcoached them. Like they just start stealing wow. when it mattered. Oh, and those steals matter. Well, I wouldn't say that. What about, what about fucking Brett Strom? I mean, this fucking pitching staff just totally shut him out. This guy's supposed to be the fucking pitching whisperer. You saw him doing, remember when they had him in the TV doing the thing, you know, pitch around this guy, face Rojas, who, you know, offense to Rojas, terrible at hitting. Got the um, bunt down, exactly though. They got did. the bunt down. He got, yeah, got the bunt yeah, down. That, was, and uh, that didn't... I don't think it led to a run, but it was a nice bunt. And he was almost safe. Congrats. <laughs> I had that on the radio, so I didn't even get to see that part. But um, Lucky bounce. Yeah, so I'm, I'm giving it... You know what the Diamondbacks did? They outcoached him. Pitching coach... Oh. Got them from the Astros. They turned into this ragtag bunch of pitchers into aces against one of the most feared lineups in the league and just silenced them for, what, three straight games? Three games? Like, at least the last two games. Got Malcolm Butler. Silenced them completely yeah. without Mad Bum. How do we get back to this series? I thought we were talking about the fucking Rangers. <laughs> yeah. Well, we put a cap on it. We got Jake's takes. <laughs> yeah. And that's where we're at. Yeah. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets for your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. I mean, I experienced Game Time firsthand with Jared. We were down in Atlanta for games one and two of the NLDS. We were chilling in a bar next to the stadium. We were like, you know what? Let's go to this game. But wait a second. It's like 30 minutes to first pitch, and we don't have tickets. Well, we hopped right on the Game Time app. Within 15 minutes, I was sitting in my seat with a hot dog and a cold beer. Game Time's just the best, man. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. 
arrive. All-in prices show you your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can literally buy tickets in seconds. It only takes two taps. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With Zone Deals, you pick the section and GameTime picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code JARED for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code J-A-R-E-D for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. What? Oh, Dallas, give yourself some credit. I think you uh, nailed the Nathan Avaldi prediction for how many outs he was going to record in game six. Uh, I did. I said uh, 18, 19 outs, and he completed six and one-thirds innings to total 19 wow. outs. Nate's yep. the best. Yeah. No, that was, that, was, that was great to see. Also great actually, to see actually, Wheeler. You know what? Let me, you know what? what? Let, me ask, let me ask you guys this question. I'll start with Jay Hay. Out of all the pitchers that started a game in this postseason, mm. you, have, you have one game to win. What pitcher are you putting on that? Damn. All the pitchers who started a game in the postseason this year. Uh, yep. Just a, based on I, his I, ability to field this position, I'm going Ranger Suarez. <laughs> That's not a bad pick. I swear stop, to God. Stop, like, stop, stop. If there, listen, if this were Family Feud, Ranger Suarez is on the board. Yeah. No. Um, um, I, I, know my, I think I know my answer. Who is it? Zach Wheeler. That's, That's yeah. who I was probably going to go with. I yeah. mean, it's just the, I mean, the fucking, what, 34? 34 to 4 or whatever it was? 34 punch outs? To yeah, four it's walks. Not, it's not four his walks, fault. They're like, not going on. That's for sure. No. No, it's not. It is definitely not. Because when Joseph? you look at... When, yeah. Yeah, Wheeler. I mean, he came in today, shut him down mm. on short rest. Did everything he mm. could. Jake? Give me fucking Nate Evaldi. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I thought you were going Scherzer. Nah. You know, I think Scherzer... I mean, we got to give him... Yeah, Evaldi... Big game pitcher. Evaldi and... I mean... That would have been fun to watch in a Valdi Wheeler showdown. You see that series go to seven and have those two dudes square off. That would have been a fucking great series, Dallas. If you had Phillies Rangers, you're talking about two great lineups. Uh, I mean, the, the Rangers bullpen still sucks, but it is what it, you have Kimbrel with the Phils, so I guess that balances it out. And then you get some dogs at the top of the rotation. Like I would have loved to have seen that series, and fucking Corbin Carroll ruined it. <laughs> Yeah, you did. He absolutely ruined it. You did. But good for him. Yep. Good for him. Good for him for ruining it. Uh but yeah, when, uh, credit credit to the Texas Rangers. You guys aren't giving any credit. I feel like it's because you, you slapdicks didn't pick the Texas Rangers, so you guys don't have anything nice to say. Oh, I don't have any uh, no, I don't have I, any issue giving the Texas Rangers all the credit yeah. they want. Let me, let or me hear some nugs. Do you have any nugs, Jay? Uh I do actually. Um so oh, please, please. Yep, Adolis Garcia had 15 RBI in the LCS against the Astros. That is the most yeah. RBI in a single postseason series in postseason history. Not just oh, a, not just we passed Johnny Damon. Not just LCS, but uh, but any postseason series, uh, any postseason round 
the most ever 14 the most ever in a ds <clears throat> is john valentin with the uh 1999 red Sox. he had 12 mm -hmm. uh the most ever in a uh world series is um bobby richardson with the 1960 new york yankees who had 12 and mm -hmm. the most ever prior to this year in an LCS was Nelson Cruz in 2011 with 13. But Adolis Garcia had 15, as I said. Uh, so the most RBI ever. He's also, by obviously, he, this would follow, but he has 20 RBI on the postseason overall. That is Tying one. Corey Seager in 2020? Close. So, well, so the, the, one, he, the one he is behind um, is... Uh, David Freeze from 2000. So he's tied yeah. Seeger and from yeah. 2020, and he's behind David Freeze in 2011, who had 21 RBI in that postseason run. Uh, so if he gets one RBI in the World Series, he will tie the record. And if he gets two, he will have the most RBI ever in a postseason. So there's mm. some love for Garcia specifically. Thank you. You're welcome. Who impressed you guys the most in this series besides Adolis Garcia? That's a good question. Oh. Mm. <laughs> Can I say Leody Tavares? Uh, just the defensively, spin, yeah, spending a lot of time <laughs> in the under, underneath the baseball, like at the <laughs> wall, like, and he made he made a lot of it look easy. I mean, that's it's not it's not what impressed me the most. It was just something that mm. I took note of early. Like he was, they did a good job of of putting themselves in the right spot. And he covered a lot of ground. How about the fact that Kyle Tucker robbed a home run and nobody gave a fuck? Nobody cared at <laughs> all. At all. Almost robbed a second one. Yeah. Shit, he almost robbed three. Well, I, mean, almost, you I mean, if you're, if you're not going to fucking bring anything to, offensively, you might yeah, as well wet, step your shit you up. Know, fucking wet noodle shit. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, that could be... You know what? I'll say this. That's a take. Kyle Here's Tucker a take. cost the Astros the pennant. No, here's the take. Kyle Tucker being in his own head. Wow. In what, Joe? When was that? When the well, batting gloves came batting out? Batting gloves, yeah. That was early on. That was early. I say game, game two. That was early. Game, game one. That did it. That did it. The reemergence. Like, if there's a, if, if you can have the yips at the plate, that's an indicator of it. Yeah, that Go right there. No batting gloves, gloves, no gloves, gloves, no gloves. I just can't get right. I just can't. I don't know what it is, so I'm fucking searching right now. I'm trying. Like there is no donkey for me to pin this tail on. I don't know. That ass left town a while ago. I can't. I don't know what's happening here. Like if he could wear his helmet backwards, he would have. If he could, if he could wear a rally helmet, he would have. How many home runs did Jose Altuve hit in that fucking series? Five. Yes. He's like four shy of Manny for the all-time lead. He hit one in game seven. It was the saddest home run in postseason history. <laughs> Bobby Dynamite still blasting the fireworks, even though it's fucking 20 to three. <laughs> good for all two way, though. I feel like uh, he's never going to be back in the good graces of baseball fans ever. But I feel like he can play out the string and slowly gain back some respect. Especially now because yeah, there's I mean, some, some rumors that he's talking extension to stay in Houston to sign another extension. If he's just like, fuck it, like I'm going down with the ship no matter what. He's the one Astro that deserves the most forgiveness. 
Thank you. Obviously, because he didn't even fucking cheat. Oh, okay. If you watch right. my video right. about right. it. I mean, obviously, you, you don't him? watch baseball doesn't exist, Dow. Yeah, is a good, I have a whole 20 minute video about how he's pretty much completely innocent. Not completely. It's he he, da- he, he got dabbled. like three bangs, he dude. He dabbled. He got like he three dabbled. bangs, dog. It was like two percent of the pitches where you should have right, got so bangs. He got okay. bangs on. And there's like there's like four videos of him obviously getting a bang and looking in the dugout like stop fucking banging. He hated the bangs. Yeah. There's a lot of evidence that he didn't like the bangs. It's very damning if you're anti L two Bay, if you watch the I'm evidence. Pro because and honestly, that video shaped forty five percent of my opinion. Wow. It's a very specific percentage. Yeah. I didn't want to give a majority. I just, I'm, it's a control thing. The, the answer to your question is Josh Spores. Okay. Uh, you know, he went to the same high school I as me, right? I did not know that. But now that, now I'm even yep. more impressed with him in this series. Uh, yeah, I mean, he appeared in five of the games. Games one, two, five, six, and seven. Uh, Rangers bullpen was identified on this podcast as a potential problem issue, both in the postseason overall and prior to the start of this series, I believe. Um, Has yet to rear its ugly head. Yet to rear its ugly head. And uh, he was the guy who, uh, you know, was by virtue of appearing in five games, was maybe their most consistent reliever in this series. So uh, if we're removing Garcia, um, yeah, that's what stood out to me. Whatever it was, game yeah. one or two, uh, when what was it? They they jumped out to like five nothing lead, six nothing or whatever, and then Houston made it a one run game because the bullpen was kind of giving it back a little bit. That's the only thing I can think of. And the division series against Baltimore when that eleven eight game when it should have been a blowout and they kind of let Baltimore get back into it. But they've yet to lose a game that their bullpen sucked. He's the one guy in the bullpen who's been shutting him down. I mean, what what about game what game six before Adolis hit that fucking grand slam? You had Chapman coming in to I think face the top of the lineup with a two run lead, which would have been great to watch. Unfortunately, Adolis <laughs> just stepped up. But uh, one crazy stat for the Rangers is like Adolis set the record fifteen RBIs, best player of all time. Seager has a higher OPS mm-hmm. than him this postseason. Well, there's a lot of swing and miss there with Adolis, but uh, Seager's putting the ball in play. Puts the ball in play. And he's playing great defense, too. Hey, watching him and Turner this postseason has just opened my eyes to what uh, good defense at shortstop is supposed to look like. Um, but, yeah, it's a shame we won't, we'll only see one of those guys moving on. And I, to, I think this I'm stealing a take from Jay Hay, I believe, but the Phillies playing the Rangers in the World Series would have only furthered the narrative that owners should be spending more money. That was you, right, Jay Hay? Yeah, that's what I was kind of pulling for. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, well, the Rangers win, it still works. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Man, it did spend a fuck ton of money. Um, Dallas, who is your, who impressed you the most in the ALCS? Um, I mean, I think I, I I think you said Tavares, didn't you? Yeah, but I I was just kind of you oh. know just kind of at his defensive his defensive prowess. Um, 
I think it's the fact, like, it's a collective effort on the mound from the Texas Rangers. The fact that the bullpen has not been the issue. The fact that that has not been. It is shocking. What has prevented them because it was every step of the way, the reason things were not going to work out for the Texas Rangers. Yeah, like and they so were objectively all, bad. Like it wasn't all like, oh, Jordan Montgomery you- has done, all Nate Evaldi. Uh, Evaldi has done is allow them to hide the pieces that they felt might not be the ones you want to run out there in leverage situations. And they have allowed guys like Spores to materialize and turn into this, I'm not going to call him a hero just yet, but when you are putting the work in that he's putting in, when we go back and look at the road to this point, and why the Texas Rangers have been able to have this little bit of a run here, that's going to be a big part of it. i tell you what, if, if you're the coach for the Rangers and you've seen what you're seeing, World Series, are you letting Spores shut the doors? Uh, after what you've seen from LeClerc? You putting him in the ninth? Well, I, I think, Joe, you almost, and this is where you really got to, and I think the Texas Rangers are there, this is where you really start to be able to dive into some of the analytics and see whose stuff plays the best against a specific player. So when I'm taking a look at uh, at your attack angle and your maybe your average exit below, but I have a really good idea of what your swing plane looks like as a as a pitcher. If I was a pitching coach, part of that pitching brain trust. That's where the work's being done right now is, all right, what angle, what kind of spin is this guy seeing right now? And consistently, what is he seeing right now? And can we match that up and can we vary those looks? So if it's a matter of him seeing a lefty and then a righty or whatever it is, like not telling you that Will Smith's going to be your prime option in a leveraged spot, but if you're thinking about trying to move stuff around and it's going to be Maybe it's a LeClerc earlier because of the way Spores has been throwing it. Well, let's dive into the stuff and let's see. Does the slider play better from Spores? Does it play better from LeClerc? Does the fastball, is there a little more ride from one guy that allows him to maybe miss up in the zone? And then that slider or the sweeper that one of them might deploy, does that play off it better against this individual swing? That's where the game really, for me, starts to get super interesting and the matchups matter. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look at Texas Texas bullpen numbers in the playoffs, they have the lowest K through nine by far, like a six, 6.89. They don't strike anybody out, but they have a 370 RA, which isn't that bad, but their FIP is 528. Yeah. So they are fucking on thin ice skating well, through. They're shit. not taking care of business themselves, really, right? Like that's that's kind of what that tells you is that um they've gotten lucky. They've been able to they've been able to make pitches when they've needed to. When you look at the ERA, and I it's it's funny you're you're talking about this because I just uh I forget who I was highlighting, but the success that they had had, and I, I mentioned the FIP, and it was because what that tells me is He's been able to make pitches. They've been able to make pitches, and they've gotten the outs when they've needed to. They've sprayed it around a bit. It doesn't look terribly sexy, and there hasn't been the dominance there, but it's worked. 
Yeah, and it definitely helps that they are scoring like 10 runs a game. That's that's why the Rangers are where they're at. These guys hit fucking bombs, and they have Adolis Garcia. And Seager's pretty good, too. And Josh Young. And Marcus Josh Young. And Marcus Simeon. Dollar Shave Club's member favorite ball spray is back and better than ever. Balls get sweaty, itchy, and chafe. You shouldn't have to suck it up. You like sports analogies, guys? Well, here's one. Stop foul balls like the one in your shorts with ball spray. Dollar Shave Club's ball spray is like a deodorant for your balls. Made for men who don't want to deal with the discomfort of sweat and stink below the belt. Ball spray does not prevent sweat, but it can help once it shows up. Formulated to absorb moisture, reduce chafing, and protect against odor, complete with a minty tingle finish to let you know you're fresh. The precision sprayer makes application easy at any angle and helps your boys stay fresh and dry. It's formulated without ball-busting ingredients like talc or zinc, and it's non-irritating. It's suitable for your family jewels. Get a fresh pair with ball spray from Dollar Shave Club. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zinn Nicotine Pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn Nicotine Pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, Every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Have you talked to Simeon at all, Dallas? Uh, DMing, yeah. No, I haven't spoken to him. But like, uh, talk to... uh, He doesn't uh, want you to have his number, probably. <laughs> no, I, I told you I have his number. I talked to uh, I talked to Low and I talked to Grossman. Okay, I talked to Boach. What did he say? He said, "Hell of a ride." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got. I've been talking to Will Smith too. And shout out, shout out, Bobby Wilson. Shout out, Bobby Wilson. I gave up his first big league knock, and he is now four wins away from a World <laughs> Series champion. Who? He's coach on the on the Rangers. <laughs> oh yeah, Bobby. Bobby. Yeah. Shout out Bobby Wilson. Oh. I'm pretty. Uh, I, didn't he? Is he interviewing for the? Uh, oh, B. Willie. Cle- Cleveland. Cleveland. That's Stephen. He's that's Stephen Vogt. Oh yeah. Okay. You know them all. It's a lifer. I do. That was a lifer. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I also I just want to shout out former teammate of mine. Uh, and I'd like to, while I have you here, Jared, um, congratulate you and the the Red Sox on. Finding, finding a a head of baseball operations. I don't know if they're going to call him a general manager. If he's the head of baseball ops, head I have no idea. Op. Head of baseball ops. Um, but former teammate of mine, Craig Breslow. Let's go Red Sox. Let's, Let's go, go Red Sox. Sox. Let's, Let's go, go Red Sox. Sox. Hey, and and former teammate, your former teammate just got drafted in Dubai. Bartolo, Bartolo Colon. Colon. That's yeah. right. Former teammate Bart drafted, <laughs> drafted in Dubai. Yeah, Dallas hates Bartolo Colon though. I don't hate Bartolo Colon. Yeah. I love. Well, Bartolo you call him a fat piece of shit. Well, that That's that crazy. never happens. Yeah. Literally never happens. I mean, not publicly, no. But 
what didn't happen in public i mean yeah. come on you gotta go look. <laughs> like i i after the the lashing that jay hay just gave jt ramuto like i there's nothing yeah can compare well aren't you not allowed to drink in dubai that's illegal what no I think Bartolo might be in trouble. I wonder which of Bartolo's families are going with him to Dubai. Oh! <laughs> hey, let's not make this personal. Holy oh, shit! <laughs> oh, Wait, is shit. that? Uh, is it too soon? <laughs> I feel like everyone's probably graduated. Fuck. Yeah, man. I I don't. Th- if any of his kids are listening to this podcast and we just broke the, new- I'm legitimately sorry. But I thought, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, what are you trying to do to Bartolo's sperm count? It's no problem with spreading. Well, the he love is. Jay Hay did announce on the beginning of this broadcast that he was here to suck off some dudes. That's true. I did. I said I was ready. I missed last pod, so ready to suck. Yeah. Ready to suck. I, I was, was just fucking Jay Hay. <laughs> <laughs> What a clown. What I'd like to yeah. yank on him. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, I fly my guy down here to do me sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'm attracted to a lot of different guys. <laughs> Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty done. I I did my best on this episode. It wasn't my best, but it's it's that's all I got. It's the best I can do today. What about? Yeah, this is uh <laughs> I can't wait to I can't wait to uh go take some happy pills and go to sleep. You guys got any final thoughts? No. No, I mean, uh, we're going to drop a World Series preview pod before the World Series, right? World Series on Friday. We got plenty of time to do that, right? Yeah, I would think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say as much as we don't want to, as, as as much as we were kind of like, oh, the D-backs. Look, think about it this way. You've got one team who has never won a World Series. Mm-hmm. And you got another team who probably had no business in the World Series. And now here they are. So at the end of the day, if you're here for the entertainment value, if you can separate the idea that there's not this star power on both sides and you can get on board with some of the underlying narratives that we've discussed today, and you can think about being in an 84 team win 84 win team's position, four wins away from a fucking ring, or winning your first World Series ever in franchise history if you're a Texas Rangers fan. That's a pretty big fucking deal. I want to be a cowboy, baby. (laughs) Uh, Joseph, any final thoughts? Uh, Quote from Bryce Harper just dropped. What did he say? Quote, I let my team down and left the city of Philadelphia down. And that's tough to hear from Harp. He had a great postseason. But yeah, that one stings for the feels, for fightings. I was rooting for you. You know me, I'm a fighting myself, but kind of choked it at the end. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate, but 
for the guys in it, Will Smith. I want to shout out Will Smith. He has an opportunity to win his third World Series in a mm. row with three different teams. I don't believe that's ever happened. Love that. And playoff legend, Mad Bum, could also get a ring. That's so, true. Yes. One of those is going to happen. That feels like fucking forever ago. That He, I, he was here this year. Kind of, physically. <laughs> Jay, hey, any final thoughts here? Shout out to Bob Melvin. Uh, it's yeah. not, not every day you see a team, a manager under contract with a team who is allowed to just go to a division rival. It seems unfettered. I, I haven't seen any reports of compensation uh, happening. So he's just going to the Giants. So he just has dirt, obviously. Like, you're going to let me go or else I'm going to tell everyone about X, Y, and Z. Well, yeah, it's just funny no. when you, like, pair this action by the Padres with their comments earlier this year. Like, we fully support uh, Bob Melvin as manager and AJ Preller as general manager. And it's like, uh, we support him so much that he can go directly to the team we're competing against. Yeah. The Red <laughs> yeah, Sox well, got Don Farrell from the Blue Jays. <laughs> we had to give up Mike Avilas. That's what I'm I, saying. I like, they just, they, they, yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing apparently changing hands here other than Bob Melvin. Um, it just to when you think about Bo Mel and the respect level, there's a reason he was allowed to entertain different pastures when he was in Oakland, and that's exactly what he did. They allowed him to move on to San Diego. That pasture, well, more brown and gold, and maybe even more brown than green or gold. For Bo Mel there. And they said, you know what? Maybe with what we've got going on here and what you have going on and who you are, yeah. If this isn't working out for us, feel free to have that conversation. Maybe that works out for everybody. And so Bo Mel leaves another sinking ship as it's going down. Wow. When they need him most. Wow. Whatever happened to going down with the ship? I thought he was the skipper, Dal. Uh, well, it sounds okay. it sounds like they were like, hey, you know what? Here's the door to hang on to. Like, we're all good. Like, you know, if you need a lifeboat, there's one in San Francisco. Uh, that's not how I see it. I think my eyes, I think maybe his next up after uh, San Francisco might be the Diamondbacks because he is a snake. Well, he's already managed the Diamondbacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's already managed Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks, yeah, Mariners, A's, Padres, now the he, Giants. He's actually, his nickname's Home Ho Melvin. He could become he gets J around. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, J.A. Home L. I love it. Shots fired. Uh, F.P. Santangelo made this point. Things have worked guy. out for former catchers who played for the San Diego Padres who managed the Giants in the past. What? Things have worked out. No, I heard you. For former catchers who played for the San Diego Padres who ended up manning the, managing the Giants. That guy is set to win his fourth World Series this year, Bruce Bochy. Cool. I'm just glad we gave Kapler to get the job. Wow. What? You got hate in your heart? Let it out, dude. No, it's not hate. It's not hate. It's preference. Dallas yeah. just wants me to hire all of his friends over here. No. <laughs> Former player. Do you guys think <laughs> that Bruce Bochy overworked Madison Bumgarner 
a half decade ago so that he would flame out in 2023 and not be available for the Diamondbacks <laughs> when Pochi was managing the Rangers when they faced in the World Series? You think, Chest, was, chestnut check. I was just going to say, Joe, you think you think Boats just texted uh, Mad Bum? Checkmate. <laughs> Apparently, Mad Bum texted him yesterday. Yeah. I'm ready to go, Skip. Put me in there. Eat innings. <laughs> I love it. All right. I got to go eat dinner. All right. I'm going to go die. We go.